Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. We get to talk to one of my all-time favorite people here on Positive Talk Radio. Her name is uh, Randy Lee Boslaw, and she is, oh, let's see. Let's talk. You're an author. You're a podcaster. You're a mother. You're, you're, you're not a grandmother. I thought yes, I, I am. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I said that's not possible. Yes, he's already three. Oh, my goodness gracious. You must have had your children young. Um, yes, but my husband had his even younger. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is this is by way of of daddy's uh, um offspring. Yes, yeah. I just never usually say stepdaughter or regular kid. I always just say, oh, it's just my kids. Well, no, actually, I think it's better for you not to say stepdaughter because it, it it gives them a a perception of themselves that they don't that isn't really good because yeah, they're not a step. They're your daughter, for heaven's sakes. Exactly. And so, yeah, she had my grandbaby three years ago now, and Grammy's his favorite. <laughs> what? Now, I know what it's like to be a grandparent, but I'm a little older than you. So um, I've got, uh, I, apparently, I now have three. Oh, my goodness. See, mine's only just three years. I don't have three of them. Well, I've got one that's five, and that's a, that's a natural one. And I've got two by marriage. And that um, marriage happened two weeks ago. So, oh, um, well, congratulations. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, one of our favorite people on, has dropped by. Her name is uh, Dr. Marnie. And oh, yeah. two of my favorite people, Kevin and Ralph, thank you. Thanks, thank you, Kevin, Dr. Marnie. Dr. Marnie has been on my show too. Oh, then she knows how good you are. She does. Yes. And so she can she can uh, um, give us a review of you if she'd like. As long and as it's all good things. <laughs> of course it would be all good things. And by the way, you just passed a milestone. I did. I just posted the 150th episode of the Rate or Die show. Good for you. And that's so now you've been posting one a week. Yeah, at the beginning, um, I was doing two a week because I had the time. Um, and then I had to start working on a job. So then I had to go down to one a week. But now everything in my life is sort of like I'm used to the to having that other job and everything. So instead of doing two, going back to two a week, I'm actually going to just do more than one show. Oh, so uh, is this a grand premiere moment do we get to find out what that show is going to be it is i have not announced it yet uh well that's not true i think i did one tiktok announcing it um but officially you are the first podcast uh host that i get to tell i'm so excited that it's you well congratulations we are very excited about that and what's the name of the new podcast our neurodiverse world. I can't even pronounce that. How do you? <laughs> my, my my neurodiverse world. Yes, our neurodiverse world. Oh, very very cool. And Dr. Marnie is re responding back. Congratulate. Oh, thank you uh, for the the marriage thing. And Randy, congratulations on your success on Write or Die. Thank you. Yeah. And so what's the new one going to be about? So I'm going to be obviously interviewing other people because I love doing that, chit-chatting with everyone across the world. Um, but we're going to be focusing instead on instead of mental health, which Writer Die Show does, on neurodiversities. So things like autism, ADHD, OCD, learning disabilities, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> there, there's a wide umbrella of, of different neurodiversities. Um, and so having them come on the show and talk about, you know, what it means to them and how they view themselves as being amazing and awesome. Um, Cause we all are. And uh, just bringing some more awareness around something that's not talked about very often. And, and I'd like to go through that a little bit because one of them, I've never, I don't know what it means, what it is. Uh, OCD, what is that? Obsessive compulsive disorder. And what does that mean? So 
actually, I was just doing a uh, recording in an interview earlier today with somebody that was describing his OCD, which is kind of ironic. Um, so he was explaining, and I didn't know this before, but there are different types of it, which I mean, most things have different types. I just had never heard it before. So the one that we typically know about is the one where somebody is maybe constantly hand washing or they have to say, flick the light switch X amount of times before they can move on with their day. And it's something in their brain that's telling them they have to do these things in order to move on. Um, but then he was explaining to me that for him, it is linked to his Tourette syndrome because it is, and I'm trying very hard to, to paraphrase what he said, but eventually you can watch his episode on my show. <laughs> um, and he was saying that it, his brain is telling him that he needs to do these things and it's basically coming up with a story in his head that he needs to like do these little movements for him. It's these little movements that he has to do um, in order to move on. So there's, I guess, a big array. And it's so cool that I get to learn these other things because I always thought OCD was more that constant hand washing, flicking light switch, counting your steps kind of thing. Um, so it's so cool that I got to learn a little bit more. Now, <clears throat> these, these, um, these problems that are being driven by your brain, um, by the by the configuration of your brain, is, is that is that what it that, is? I, that that was my understanding. That um, it's it's their brain telling them to do those things. Um, from other people that I've interviewed, who their OCD was more. Um, it was how many times I had to step in and out of. I believe it was the bathtub. They had to step in and out a certain number of times. Or there was this major anxiety that something bad was going to happen if they didn't do that first. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's, so, so you're going to get in the bathtub, then you get out of the bathtub, then you get in the, and you have to do it so many times before you can actually take a bath. I think his was coming out of the bath, but yeah, basically. And so he. he so he had to go step out, step back in, step out, step back, mm -hmm. and until his. And at what point is it that the brain then says, "Okay, you're good. That's it. We don't need to do more." I I don't have that answer because I'm not a doctor. But just like I said, from talking, from interviewing these other people, that's how I've learned it. And they they had a specific number that meant it was fine to move on. You know, because my my I mentioned that we've I've got three. Uh, grandchildren now two by my son who got married and the one that's a natural one she has she's on the spectrum now she's five but they mm -hmm. don't really know what that what being on the spectrum when you're five actually means yet do you know in from your experience and i know you're not a doctor and so i won't ask you to give me a clinical diagnosis but do you know when someone who has been diagnosed as being on the spectrum when the issues that they have become apparent of how they are reacting to things is it is it like five is it 10 is it when is it so it's going to vary with each person um and you said it was a, a granddaughter granddaughter yes she's five yeah so from what i've lived and what i've researched um is that girls present very differently than boys, which is why the rate of diagnosis of autism is so much higher in boys than it is in girls. Um, because girls like to mimic their surroundings more. And when you see a female being very quiet, sticking to herself, not really interacting with everybody else, that seem at, seemed as normal or typical for a girl because they want them to be quiet. But that's not what it is it's that it's not understanding the social um like how to socially communicate and that's why they're kind of isolating themselves whereas boys they're rambunctious they're loud right i'm going with completely typical um and so that and the research on autism when it first started way back when was only done on boys so for the longest time everything was only boys get autism girls don't and so girls are often diagnosed much later. So my my youngest um, 
he was diagnosed at eight. And I know I say he, but it's because he just came out a couple of years ago. So he was female at the time. And so they were seeing that um, quietness or lack of interaction with other people as sort of a normal thing because, oh, you're female. That's fine. You're not loud and rambunctious. Whereas finally, when it got to age eight, and I had to actually get the teacher to write a letter to the psychologist explaining, you know, they are not, it's not that they're being quiet or not wanting to interact. They're literally not being able to understand how they should interact. And it was finally apparent to the psychologist that it was something more than just being a shy little girl. And you know, your, your son is eight now? No, sorry. He was eight when he got diagnosed. He's 16 now. Oh, and is he, um, can we, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because in, in, I wrote a whole book about him. I, I, well, good. And the name of that, the name of that book is a mother's truth. And the reason that I want to talk to you about it is because most people in this country, I won't, I won't say, can't say most people, but there are large swaths of people in this country who do not understand what that is, how it presents itself, how it impacts the child. And some of them will actually be saying that they, that it's parents indoctrinating the kid right, to do these things. And I'd like to shed a little bit of light on that if we could, because I think that it's doing a lot of children harm. Um, do you think that too? I totally agree. When there is lack of understanding, um, you're going to make the parents feel like they are bad, like they're bad parents, and then they're not going to do what's best for their kid by getting them the interventions that they need. And instead, a lot of times it's, I, I used to hear this growing up. So I was, I was diagnosed finally um, two years ago. Um, so in my thirties and it made my whole life kind of make sense. <laughs> finally, I got it. Um, but when I was little and my mom would tell, you know, say to people, I need help. I don't know what to do with her. You know, when she has these big meltdowns, I don't know what to do. And I remember people telling my mom, she's just spoiled. You're spoiling her too much. You need to be harder on her. And that wasn't the case. So then I'd have these meltdowns and my mom would put me in my room and like shut the door and hold it because that's what she was told to do because it was simply a behavioral issue. But it wasn't. It was an issue of me not understanding my surroundings and being overwhelmed with so much stimulation all at once, whether that was the words or the TV or, you know, too bright of lights, like everything all at once was too much and I could not process it. Um, and my mom asking for help and just she spoiled. And even as a parent, um, my kid, I was like, something is going on. And it was just, no, again, you have to be harder as a parent. That doesn't work. And I would tell people, um, he's not having a meltdown because I told him no. He's having a meltdown because I have no idea why. And it turned out it was an overstimulation issue. It's, so, for instance, if we would go to, say, like Walmart or something, and there was just too many people around, there would be a meltdown. And it had nothing to do with me saying, no, you can't have that toy. Because I told him no all the time. Um, but it was something else. And so when we tell parents that it's not the kid, that it's you and your parenting style, we take it to heart and go, okay, what do I need to do then to make them better? And it's not an intervention. It's me being a harder parent when that's not the case. So in, in there's a lot of guilt that then goes to the parents because people are telling them you did something wrong. Yeah. yeah. When I, it, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, when I told my mom that I finally got the diagnosis, she goes, I told them you weren't spoiled. Because <laughs> <laughs> she held that guilt for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> it, it It is just amazing what we do to each other. Um, so when, when your, your, your son was eight, and he came to you and he he, he said what? <clears throat> um, I'm not sure where you're going with the question. Give me a little more. <laughs> well, when because you said that he he was uh, diagnosed at eight, yeah, and and that 
but was it was it an obvious thing was it subtle what what was oh, it my husband and i we we knew something was different we knew nothing about autism up till that point um they were telling us at one point it was adhd he tried adhd medication it made it so much worse um then they said it was odd which is oppositional defiant disorder um which is basically they won't listen to people in charge and i'm like well that doesn't really make sense fit either but you have a doctor right and then they were saying it's sensory processing disorder and they're giving us all of these terms before just saying you know what all of these together kind of make autism <laughs> um so finally we got to that point and it really was that social interaction piece that was missing to have that diagnosis because that's a major part of it is the social interaction whether that's communication socially or um, understanding the social situations, understanding the emotional side of the social. There's a lot that goes into social. Boy, you have studied a lot. Of course, you've had to because you've got. I tried. You, you want to learn what's what's going on, what's going on with your your child. And when when you have a child that is. Um, I don't even know how to put it where where when when you when you what do you what do you call a, a, a child that uh was born a female and then decides that they were trans. actually a male trans okay and when did that come to uh present itself for your son so he came out in the summer before grade eight and he's in grade 11 right now so you could do the math <laughs> yeah so three years ago basically <laughs> yep yep and it actually it's a hilarious story so he's having a bath i'm on the other side of my house my house is very long he starts screaming bloody murder for me i'm thinking something's wrong maybe he cut himself shaving i don't know so i'm running avoiding all of my dogs <laughs> trying not to slip and i open the door i go what 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 and he's just chilling in the tub. He goes, Mom, I'm a boy. Okay. He goes, yeah, I just wanted you to know. I go, okay, can we talk about this when you're not in the tub? Yep. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> like, yeah, like I really thought something was wrong. And meanwhile, it's just like, oh, I just want to tell you this. Can I ask a question that just popped into my head that I don't? Sure. Always. If, if he knew that he was a boy... Then he knew, did he know that he was missing something? Um, I guess. I, I don't really know how it works. And I'll be totally honest. When, and I've had, I've asked him oodles of questions and I've asked other people I know that are trans um, questions because I, I'm not trying to be mean about it, but I really, I'm trying to wrap my head around it where I don't, because I myself don't say I feel like a female because it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. I just know I'm female because I am. Um, so I've, I've asked my kid, you know, how do you know that? And he's tried to explain it, but again, it's just my head won't wrap around it. But honestly, it doesn't matter if I can wrap my head around it. Well, that's true. Right? And I think that's the problem that a lot of people have is that we're, we want to wrap our heads around it, but do we really need to? It's still my kid. I still love him. I don't care. He, it, it doesn't change anything. I mean... Changes one thing. He changed his name. And I say this very upsettingly because I worked so hard to find his name. <laughs> <laughs> but he said when he has a kid, he'll if he has a female kid, he'll he'll use the name. So I said, okay, fine. Deal. <laughs> and his name now is Levin. Oh, did now did he have have a hand in picking that name? He he single-handedly picked that name. I did not have a male name when I gave birth. I could only give birth to a female because I only had a female name. <laughs> well, for, first of all, I, I wish Levin a, a, a lot of success in his life and to really be, um, to live a happy life. That's, that's, that's the main thing. And, and we all, we all are, are stereotypical in, in one way or another. As an example, I'm known as a short, fat white guy. Um, and you know, that, that, that's, but that's different than, um, someone that, that has got, has got those issues that they're going to have to deal with because of the stereotypical attitude about, about people, um, and how you're supposed to be versus how you are. 
And has he run into problems with that, especially in high school? Or is in today, is it more acceptable in school than it used to be? So I definitely think it's more acceptable than it used to be because a bunch of his friends are all kind of in that community. Um, so it's a lot more acceptable. I mean, when I was in school and high school was only early 2000s, so not that long ago in all reality. Um, and we had, I think, one gay student in the whole of the school. Um, and I don't, I, I didn't see him being bullied. I saw him having, you know, an okay time. I don't know though. Um, he wasn't really in my group, but like, that's it. We only had one in the whole of the school. And now when, because so my older one, um, the one that has the baby, she just graduated two, two years ago. And she even had a bunch of friends, all that you were either trans or queer or gay, lesbian, whatever. So and her school was much smaller than mine. So it was just, it must be, I'm assuming based on statistically more people coming out than back then, that it must be more um, common or more acceptable now than it used to be. Well, and I can tell you, I'm a little older than you. And so I went to high school in the 70s. There you and go. In the 70s, there were no gay people. There you go. So from the 70s to the early 2000s, we got one. And from the early <laughs> 2000s to the to the late 2010s, it, it was a lot more. Now, now, the, now that I've said that, that in the 70s, they didn't we didn't have any gay people in school. That is not true. What we had were people in the closet that were scared to come out yeah. because of society at that time. Yeah. Well, and same with with me, like later as an adult, I found out that one of the people that my um, high school best friend dated ended up actually being gay. So, you know, they just, they, like you said, they were in the closet. Um, I think less people, at least in where I am, right? Like I know there's definitely going to be places around the world, um, even in Canada where they're still in the closet. Um, but it's becoming slowly I think easier for them, at least, like I said, in my experience here where I live. I am a firm believer in that everybody should be who they are and should be allowed to be who they are. And as long as if, you're not hurting anyone else, as long as you're not hurting anybody else. And, and the other thing is, is that if you are, as an example, if you are a gay man and you end up because of societal pressure, you end up getting married to and then you have a couple of kids and then at one point in time you have the epiphany which they everybody does at one point in what is my life here why am i here what am i supposed to do and who am i really and when you have that conversation with yourself and then you're affecting your your wife because that changes your kids that changes so you're yeah. affecting a lot of people in a very negative way because who they thought you were, you're not, and you never were who they thought you were. But it would be better if you were able to do that from the beginning, don't you think? Definitely. Actually, as you're saying that, it made me think of I don't know if you've ever ever watched the show, but I loved it. Um, nine one one. Have you ever watched that one? Not occasionally, not very often. Okay, but like the the female cop and her, I guess, ex. Um, that's what happened. They had kids together, whatever. And then he came out and it was this whole, like in season one, it was this whole thing. And yeah, it, it would just be so much nicer if we could just accept people how they are right from the beginning and not make them hide it. Yeah. And, and understand that it has nothing to do with you, by the way, an, an individual that it has nothing to do with anybody else who your son loves, how he chooses to love them, and and what he does with his life, as long as he's, you said it, as long as he's not hurting anyone. Exactly. And so, so it's none of anybody else's business. That's um, right. But we take it upon ourselves to make it our business. Mm -hmm. And I wish people would just knock that stuff off. Right. But I really appreciate you with the books you've written, um, talking about your brother, talking about your son. Are all of your books based upon life experience that you're having? 
Um, not all of them because I have done a few kids books and stuff, but for the most part, yeah, like 90%. Well, even kids books, you could, you could be manufacturing that from a memory that you had when you were a kid. Oh, a hundred percent. That's why it's like 90% because the one, <laughs> the one kids book, um, the Christmas one, it, it's about a little kid that couldn't fall asleep. So Santa had to come in a different way. Totally happened. Just not necessarily <laughs> the way the book describes it but totally happened. Uh, so yeah, I, it's mostly manufactured. I mean, my collection of scary stories, I don't think any of that's happened. Like I've been camping, but I definitely didn't have a monster grab me or anything. <laughs> well, that's good news. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good news. I wanted to ask you and get back to, to uh, autism again, mm -hmm. uh, because my, my five-year-old granddaughter has autism. They, yeah. She's on the spectrum. They don't know how much or how it's going to present itself over time. But one of the things that I'm told is fairly common is that she has at five still has got bathroom issues. Yep. That's uh that's very common. So mine, he, he potty trained pretty easily. Um, but the issues were not necessarily going to the bathroom. It was, bathroom procedures let's say what your the steps that you should do to be clean after you go to the bathroom <laughs> ah yes and it took a very long time for that part to kind of be absorbed and understood and done well see in in her case she appears to be afraid of the toilet yeah yeah so um yeah, that I've I've heard that before. And actually, um, my grandson, he's he's not on the spectrum, but I got him this little mini potty to use. And he was absolutely frightened of the thing. And it looked exactly like the big potty. And he had no problem. He wanted to go on the big potty. So I mean, maybe if she had a, li a little potty, or if she has a little potty, you got a big potty, right? Like just, it, it's these trial and error things. And actually, I wrote a book about that. <laughs> <laughs> and the name of that book is um what is that one called i think it's just called yeah it's just called using the bathroom oh okay <laughs> so I, i've written so far three social stories so social stories are little stories that are often used for kids on the spectrum and because they go step by step through the procedure of whatever topic it, the book is about because it helps them relate it back to themselves. And so because of bathroom issues, right, I was like, I wish I would have had this back then. So I wrote the book, you know, when you go to the bathroom, you turn on the light, you shut the door, you pull your pants and underwear, like step by step. And then afterwards, you know, you wash your hands, you turn off the light. We're still Man. working on that whole light thing. Yeah. <laughs> I I would be less concerned about the light thing rather than the cleanliness because that's, you know, next to godliness. Well, and this is why you take it, like I said, step by step and you have to really appreciate those small wins, um, right? Like if they're going to the bathroom, woohoo, next step, cleanliness, woohoo, next step, turning the light off, woohoo, right? Like it doesn't have to all be at one time. Um, no. Step by step is fine. And if those steps take a few months or a few years in between, whatever, celebrate them when they come. Well, and you know, um, what now your son is, um, 16, 16. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that. How does he feel about you writing a book about his adventures? Um, he actually designed the cover for that book. So I'm going to go with, he was okay with it. <laughs> I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm guessing. So, yeah. Well, so that you, one, you, that one came out, though, in 2018. Um, so it goes from being pregnant up to uh, grade six. So I like to say we're living through what will be part two, <laughs> the mm -hmm. teenage years. And it's funny. He looks at the cover of the book now and he goes, well, I could do better now. I'm like, well, yeah, but that came out like five years ago. I'm like, when the next one comes out, sure, you can make the cover again. But this is this one from this time period in our life. Exactly. So, um, I don't know whether I should ask this question or not. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Peer pressure. Excuse me. Um, 
because he was born a female and he he looks at himself as a male um has he or is he going to have i imagine he's had some uh hormone therapy no no he's hadn't hasn't had to do any of that no so we talked about it when he first came out and i said there's not enough research on it i don't think that trying to stop you in the middle of your puberty to try and change something is a healthy thing because again we we don't know what's coming out and now people are coming out who had transitioned as teenagers saying i have so many aches and pains all over my body because i did this so early on in my life and so i just said you know what as long as you are under 18 and i still have say over your medical and i mean we talked about it. i didn't i didn't just put my foot down but he he doesn't want to to be hurt later on in life either. So he he's okay with just being in his body. And then then he always talks about, well, maybe I could have a baby one day then. And I'm like, well, maybe you could. Who knows? <laughs> so is is he thinking about down the road as when he becomes an adult and if nothing changes, because you know, who knows what what the future holds, but would he have surgery? Um, potentially. I mean, he has definitely talked about it and, you know, once he becomes an adult, I don't really have a say anymore. Although we have a good relationship, so he would probably talk to me first. Um, it's just that I'm, I'm scared that something bad will happen, right? Especially I read some of these horror stories or see them on TikTok. I I love TikTok. And a lot of people are coming out saying, you know, yes, I'm, I'm glad that I'm in the body I feel most comfortable in, but my body is in so much pain that was it worth it? And I, I don't know because I'm not them and I don't know because I'm not him. Um, but I just, I, I want him to be happy and healthy. So. So again, I got, I have another question for you. All right. Um, he's 16. Yes. And teenagers go through a lot of hormonal things when they are going through that. He's going through a lot of the female things that you would go through. Does he want to date girls? Does he want to date? Would, is, has he thought about dating? He is currently dating. Um, he has a boyfriend. He has dated girls in the past. So I think I think he's just trying to figure out who he is. And I think that as a society, as a whole, we put too much pressure on labeling every <laughs> little thing in our lives. And I try to say that to him. I'm like... I, I have no problem calling you him, calling you love. I'm like, I don't care. It makes no difference to me. I said, but I, why do we need to label it all? <laughs> That's all. And again, it's that me trying to wrap my head around it thing that it, it makes no difference to me. You're my kid and I love you. I just don't see how we have to label. Cause then when he was dating, when he was dating the girl, I'm like, Hey, so are you like trying again, trying to figure out that label? And then I come to myself, I don't need to figure out that label. Cause that label doesn't matter. Right. Right. And so, you know, it doesn't matter whether he is um, um, presents as a man or a woman or or dates women or dates men. I know lots of people that that just date who <laughs> they date, whoever they want to date at the time. And it doesn't matter. That's pretty much what he does. Yep. And, you know, and that's the thing is I don't as you now as an example, if we were uh, having lunch. Um, and I was to take him out to lunch or whatever. Um, it wouldn't matter what he does in the bedroom. I would never, never even would come up. No, exactly. It's, it's, you know, nobody's business. And, and just, it's, but if he's a kind human being who cares about other human beings and is kind, that's all I care about. Yeah. And that he definitely is. Although he can definitely be a pain in my butt sometimes. Well, (laughs) most, 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 I haven't met a 16 year old who's not. I know every now and again I know. My, my, well me i was the perfect one <laughs> of course and my competition wasn't really hard so <laughs> yeah i was a perfect i was a perfect one and my parents thought i was the perfect one i was the athlete and stuff until the king county police department drove up and parked in front of my house and Whoops. and yeah i walked i walked up into the house and the two officers were sitting there talking to my dad saying i don't know if this is a regular thing but I wanted to, we wanted to let you know so that we could nip it in the bud if it is. Cause I got, 
Um, are you familiar with the uh, with the wine, the fortified wine MD twenty twenty? Have you ever heard of that? No. It it, it was a cheap, cheap, cheap <laughs> fortified wine that tasted like grape juice, and then so you could down the whole bottle at one time, and then you'd lose your mind. Oh, geez. And you did that. I did that. And a, a friend who did that, well, I did it with two friends, and we all lost our mind. And one of them put his fist through a window <gasps> at school and uh, and stuff. So, so I escaped, but my friends being the consummate friends that they are, ratted me out. And so I got, I, so the police came to my house the next day, and Talked to my dad, and, and oh, what a horrible moment that was. But, and then you were no longer the perfect 16-year-old. Uh, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I was not who I pretended to be. And I think that goes so well with the topic that we've been kind of talking about. Indeed. We, we pretend to be whomever, but we need to just be us. And, well, the thing is, the, you know, in – when I was growing up, it was not a, you were not allowed to be who you are. Um, if, if you were, if you were a loud kid, like I, I was an inquisitive kid. So I always wanted to know why, why am I going to my room? What did I do? <laughs> and, and, uh, but they never, it was like, we don't have to talk to you about that. We don't have to explain anything to you. Just go to your room. Um, right, and, yeah. and, and that's that's how they operated way back then, and it's changed a little bit. But I I still think that we're we don't listen to our children and and uh, and we don't treat each other with the reverence. Children and, should be seen and not heard. That's another one. <laughs> I, and I know that I know that that is a caricature nowadays. But in those days, that really happened. Oh yeah, that I can remember from not so much my mom, but more my dad was very much like that. Yes, my dad was and, too because he didn't want to deal with it. Right? And I should just read his mind and know what his rules are. So my mom and my dad were not together. So when I was with my dad, there was a different set of rules that I was just supposed to inherently know without <laughs> him telling me. Um, but they were significantly different than my mom's rules. So, I, yeah, I did not inherently know them. Well, how could you? I, well, apparently I was supposed to, and when I didn't, I got yelled at. Yeah, and, uh, and the sad, the sad part, and I've talked about this before on the show, is that the sad part is parents are young when they have children, and so you can't expect them to be. We, when we were children, thought our parents knew everything, at least when we were small children. Yeah, but but it turns out they didn't know crap either. Right? They were no. just making up as they were going along. I used to tell my kid when he was little, well, because he'd go, how do you know all this? I know everything, right? Because <laughs> questions were easy back then. And then as he got older, maybe like 8, 9, 10, something like that, and he'd ask me a question and be like, I don't know. I'd be like, oh, you don't know everything? <laughs> like, well, that came back to bite me in the butt. <laughs> Oh, it sounds like you've you. It sounds like you have a wonderful relationship with your son. Most days. <laughs> well, like I said, sixteen is my 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 older cousin had a when his son turned thirteen. He said, "You know, I don't understand it, but uh, my ton, son turned turned thirteen yesterday, and then he went to bed and he rolled over on his side, and his brains fell out of his ear, <laughs> and." <laughs> And he hasn't he hasn't been the same since, and I don't know how to put his brains back in his head because they fell out of his head. They'll go back in when he hits like twenty, twenty two. <laughs> exactly, exactly. See, I, I my kids thought I was really stupid, um, and now they're they're figuring out that I I wasn't as <laughs> I I wasn't as bad as they thought I was because now it's like, Dad, you know, you're you're you, you are really good with money. Can I borrow some? Because they're not. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, the the way our kids look up to us totally changes throughout their lives. And then as an adult, if we're lucky as an adult, then we have a different kind of relationship altogether. Yeah. And I had that with my dad when I was growing up. I was an athlete, so he liked to watch me play ball. Other than that, he didn't want to hear from me. Um, 
and and then when we got when i grew up and had my own kids and was married and all that he 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 became quite a good guy um and we became friends uh but when we were kids when i was a kid no hell no he was he wanted nothing to do with us yeah and sometimes that's how it is and i'm glad that i'm glad that eventually it got better yeah and well you know it's all part of life i was talking with somebody about that today and it's like when you look at the sum total of everything that you've gone through and who you are and the experiences you've had that you will continue to have all the way until the very day that your body expires uh you're you're going to continue to learn different things and different aspects of life and you're going to get smarter the whole time hopefully hopefully um you know some people don't but you know that's because they choose not to um so you have written a lot of books is it is it because something will happen and then you'll say i need to write a book about that is that your is that your therapy pretty much yep <laughs> yeah so at all of the non-fiction so i've got four non-fictions that have come out over the years um it's always been something has happened or triggered me and went, I got to share this. Other people need to know. I'm sure other people feel this way. And then in between those, because they're such heavy topics, um, that's when I write my kids' books or the social stories, kind of lighten the mood. Yeah. Now, how much how much time do you take to write a story? Well, it depends on the quick? story. It depends on the book. Um, so the, the last one that just came out, Goodbye Too Soon, that was about a year and a half um in the making and but other ones especially like a kid's book it doesn't take long to write it's actually the pictures that take long yeah yeah well and i gotta tell you um your you have had in your life you've had quite an adventure and some of it has been grand some of it has been not very good and including uh, the, the death of your brother um and stuff but you've you you have made it through why do you think that you've made it through um i'm really stubborn (laughs) (laughs) um there there's been different reasons i think over the years um i've used writing as a major coping strategy and now I use, you know, going on people's shows and my own podcast. That's kind of very therapeutic as well because I meet all these other people that have either been in the same boat as me or I can relate to on some kind of level. Um, so I'm feeling more accepted by doing that. Um, it was hard to kind of find my my people um, growing up, the people who accepted me for me. And I felt like I constantly had to had to pretend to be somebody else. So that was really difficult. Um, and as a teenager, I think that the, the youth group at my church really was kind of my saving grace. It was the only place that I actually felt like I could be just me and I didn't have to wear a mask the whole time. Um, so if it wasn't for that and then, yeah, slowly kind of coming into my own and being like, why am I caring what other people think? (laughs) That was a really big point. Um, And then finally go just being like, I'm going to be me. I'm going to have bad days, but there's going to be more good days and and medication. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, by by the way, if you want to go find out more about uh, Randy Lee, go to rbwriting.ca because she's in Canada. Um, and that's rbwriting.ca. You can find out all about her. And by the thing that we talked about last time, we haven't even touched on yet, but I got to touch on it just for a little bit is your kickboxing career, which, which also can be very therapeutic. Yes, it can be kicking people's great fun, (laughs) especially kicking him in the face. I think I've said that before. I think you have too. (laughs) Well, you know, that's that I'm glad that you had that experience. Now, as you're getting a little older and you're accumulating all these experiences, are you thankful for them? Yes. At the time that I experienced them, no. Um, but now that I am in a really good place, um, I can look back and I can go, okay, that really sucked, but I, at least I couldn't use it for good now and hopefully i can help other people not have those really crappy times as well or be able to at least get through them 
and that's that really you can't save people from having crappy times it's like i had uh, a period of my life which was a, a bad country music song period um but but you know uh, my dad died my dog died my wife left and all that yeah anyway but um but it's how you come out of out of it the other side and if you can help people by your story so that they can understand that there's nothing in life that hasn't happened to somebody somewhere sometime that is exactly what happened to you and they made it through and you can too i think yeah. that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful gift to give people and that is a really easy gift for me to give it's very inexpensive <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'd say that because you went through in order to have the experience, you got to go through the experience. And sometimes that's not inexpensive. It's true. And the therapy afterwards is not. <laughs> <laughs> and now I think all of us deserve to have therapy. We should at one point or another. I always say that too. And I think that a lot of people think, oh, therapy, that's because you have issues. No, it's so that you don't have the issues, right? Like had... I went into therapy way earlier in life. I wouldn't have had to go through the things I did because I would have learned those coping strategies way back then. And so we don't have to wait until a big tragedy comes to our lives. We can, I know a few people that they're like, I, I you know, I wasn't diagnosed with anything, but every so often I just go talk to my therapist every so often just to kind of get it off my chest and move on. Yeah. Well, and, and it's important to talk to somebody that's got a different, different idea about you than your family and friends do. Um, you know, somebody that is really can, can like look at you and say, you know, when you, when you say something and, and then they say to you, no, Randy Lee, that's not what you mean. I was told that my whole stinking life growing up. Yeah. And, and so everything, and so they can, and then perhaps they can tell you, let's go deeper into that. I bet you've heard that before too. Yes. Therapists are great for that. Let's talk about this more. Or <laughs> my all time favorite from my therapist is, but what if? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'd like to reframe it because what if she likes, she, she really likes to call me out. That Screw opens up. up a whole can of worms. It does. What if, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, it's, it's, it's great. So I want you to go to the website. It's rbwriting.ca. Uh, you can, there's a book page and you can go uh, look at all of her books and buy them from her. Um, you know, they can buy it from your, from your webpage, can't they? Um, right now the webpage is going to take them back to Amazon. Um, I am in the oh, process. Okay. Well, yes. I'm in the process of getting my books on there so you can order signed copies. I just, I have to work on the shipping part of things, which is a little bit more complicated. Um, but Amazon will ship anywhere in the world and it's not complicated. So you can still go buy it there. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Let's see. Um, Oh, are you, you counting? I am. Do you know? Let's see. Two, four, six, eight. Oh, Positive Talk Radio. How about that? Right there. Uh, 10, 12, 14. You've been on 16 podcasts since January 9th. Wow. And then if you look back into the 2022, 2021 archives, there's a lot more. <laughs> yes. Well, you're very good at what you do and you're and you're great. Um, to talk to and stuff and and do you find that being on so many podcasts is is either therapeutic for you or helps your your book sales um it's definitely therapeutic I, and helps the book sales for sure um i just i love meeting all of these different people and you're you're one of my favorite hosts i have to say which is why i keep coming back <laughs> oh, thank you i i really i really appreciate you and i was i was going to go fishing for that compliment by the way if you hadn't said it out front oh well there you go you don't have to go fishing it's right there um <laughs> and it's it's just so much fun when i was little i was gonna be a famous actor and so i guess this works <laughs> well you ain't done yet you're That's you're right. 
you're a very good looking woman and you've got lots of lots of spunk lots of energy to you um you can see at this point in my life i i I was talking to a director the other day and i said do you have any like um parts for an old guy who looks like wilford brimley um and he said if i run up against if i runs up to something i'll let you know but 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 you so you could still do all kinds of star stuff matter of fact what we should do is we should put together a um a dual podcast where we can get together and and talk to interesting people. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be so much fun. We have such good chemistry. We really do. We really do. And you're so smart, and you are so loving and and uh, understanding. And even even you know the the things that have happened in your life. Um, you 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 really you're a cool dudette. That's all I can say. Thanks. Um, so, um, what, do you have another book in the works? I definitely have a couple of books in the works. <laughs> um, so right now I'm working, I'm co-authoring a book with, uh, I met him in my business group. He's a videographer and we are writing about our mental health journeys, um, and how they relate back to the Bible for what we know. Cause again, neither of us are pastors or anything, but we are both of the Christian faith. So we're writing from our perspective and how it has helped us. Um, as well, I am um, almost finished the Crime Stoppers book. I have a few more edits for Crime Stoppers of Niagara, the history of that. Um, and I have two kids' books in the works. See, there's, there's only so much. So um, you look when do you have a time question. for all this? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just do. Um, well, the the those two books have been in the works for probably about two years each um, because there is so much research going into them and kind of back and forth with other people, uh, which takes a lot longer than when I'm just writing it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the two kids books, the one has been written for a year and I'm waiting for my kid to do the pictures because he is the artist for Woofy. Um, this will be the second Woofy book. And soon as the, I think he's got like five pictures left, something like that. So hopefully it comes. The more I t- remind him, the longer it takes. He's 16. Yeah, exactly. But I pay him. I don't even get a discount. <laughs> so so is he a, um, um, what would you call him? An, art- an artist or a? Definitely. A- a cartoonist or what would um i would say an artist i actually have he's done two of my tattoos like hasn't done the tattoo but did the drawing of the tattoos for two of mine one of my husband's as well um and yeah a bunch of the the pictures in my books and he does calendars every year he's got like this little following um he sells his calendars every year and yeah it's just it's frustrating waiting for him to get things done now (laughs) does he have a website um, we are revamping it. So, um, he did have one. We're, we're revamping it. So right now, if you go on Facebook would probably be the best way to do it. Go to, um, a piece of karma. That is his art stuff. I, we have not posted in a while. It's been a little hectic trying to get through the rest of the school year or whatever, but hopefully we'll get back to doing that a little bit more. Um, because he, I mean, it's going to be coming to calendar time again soon. <laughs> yes, it will. And well, that's that's really good that uh, that he's out there and he's artistic and he's he's doing some great stuff. So, so you 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 obviously are a proud mama. I am. I am. And he's got his beginner's driver's license, which is scary and a very proud mama moment. <laughs> ah, right. Just, it's fine. You're in the states. You you won't run into him driving on the road <laughs> no, no pun intended uh, but you know the the thing is though make sure that he doesn't get into of course he's you've had that discussion with him don't get into a car with somebody who's been drinking uh don't don't uh, take a bunch of your kids or your friends in your car and all that kind of stuff so uh, are you going to give him a car if he eventually gets his full license then and the deal is he has to pay half of his insurance because that is the deal with the other one um, but as long as they can do that and they can put their own gas in the car, it works out well. My husband's a mechanic too, so they don't oh, have to worry about repairs. 
Yeah, that's handy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's really good, but yeah, hopefully. And I mean, even if he doesn't get his own car, my husband and I, we each have a car. So you know, amongst the three of us, we can share. We, my husband and I, we both work really close to the house. So. Oh, very good, very good. So, so you know, it sounds like it sounds like you're in a really good space right now, and I, I, I am. I really am. I'm. I'm. Even though we've never met, only in person, be, we've met lots of times. I know, but would it be inappropriate for me to say I'm proud of you? No, it makes me feel good. Okay, good. Then I'm proud of you. Thanks. And so is your brother. Oh, now I might cry. <laughs> Go, everybody go back and watch the last time I was on the show and then you'll understand why. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's, it's, but it's, it's important to know that it's important for other people to know that, that even though somebody has passed on, uh, that they're still involved in your life. I was talking to a guy an hour and a half ago and, uh, he said his, he lost his wife who was, uh, 35 at the time. Oh and, um, she she had breast cancer and she had a nine year battle, and oh she lost. Yeah, so that's that, that's a hell of a battle to fight, and unfortunately she lost it. Oh. And uh, and so I said to him, you know, because he's an energy worker and he's building a a um, um, a retreat in 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 uh, Colombia for oh. um, folks with um, um, addiction issues. And that kind and that kind of things, and he he likes to work with people who don't have a lot of money. And I said, I, I said to him, you know, your your wife is very proud of you. And he says, Yeah, I know, because right after she passed away, she came into the bedroom, um, like a week or so later, and she said, Guess what? They're going to let me be your guide for the rest of your life. Oh my goodness. And and so she is in, and she's involved in his life with him um, every day, just like your brother is with you. Aww. And and that's it's and it's important to know that, and it's important to live your life to the fullest every day, so that uh, you can so that you they're they're proud of you regardless, but you want to be uh, as proud of yourself as you can. So that's that's my little sermon from the old guy. <laughs> Actually, my niece, one of my brother's kids, just turned 16 this past weekend. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. They grow so fast. They really do. I'm like, but she was like little. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's 16 and has a bunch of boys chasing her. Oh, no, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, never mind. Um, by the <laughs> way, uh, <laughs> Randy Lee Boslaw has been our guest, and uh, I could talk to you for hours, but I got to keep it to uh, because I, I, yeah, I just do. Go to rbwriting.ca and find out all the information about her and her books and her life, which is really is quite incredible. And uh, she's she's a she's a great gal, and you will come back on the show. I know oh, you will for sure. You're going, going to have to. and But before we go, I want to give you the opportunity to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Um, so I always like to end my show with, with my little catchphrase here. So the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly. Say that again. The only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly. And one more time. The only way to end the stigma of mental health <laughs> is to speak openly and honestly. And that is a really big key for us to get past the stigma that has been around mental health for far too long. Yeah, and that's why I always say it. Yes, indeed. Well, you know what my, my catchphrase is at the end? What? Be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. So, so be kind to everyone. If somebody is, appears to have an issue, be kind to them and, uh, uh, whatever the issue is and understand that we're all one and we're all together and uh, I'll get off my soapbox now, but thank you, Randy Lee, for being here. Thanks for having me again. 
again and again and again. We've got to do this again. So thank you so much. If you'll wait right there, my dear, I will be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.